well, 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 well. Say I'm ready, Pastor. I'm ready, I'm ready. There are times you preach, you preach a series, but there are times when you know God's got his number and his finger on a message. Today is such a day. So I want to prep you today. Get ready. God wants to speak to you. He wants to clarify to you. He wants to share with you a message. Wants to remind you about a powerful principle. And as I said, all of these series on honour are messages and themes that you know and have heard before, but God wants to remind us about. So can we pray? Holy Spirit, I ask and pray right now that you'd come. Anoint this message. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would (coughs) touch us. I thank you for this partnership this morning, Holy Spirit. I thank you that when I am sharing, blind eyes are being opened again to your truth. Mindsets are being set free. Strongholds of years of resistance are being broken. I declare this morning that freedom is in this place. Illumination to your word is in this place. Ears are being opened. Minds ready to receive and healing is present. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, team. Just want to put our hands together too for Peter on the sound. He got a call out early this morning to be here. So we want to honor him. Thank you, Peter, for that. Thank you, Pastor Izzy, for preaching last Sunday. I heard it was outstanding. Pastor Bell, thank you for all the team allowing us to go to Wyala and minister with the church over there. If you have your Bibles, come with me to Genesis chapter 1. I'm preaching a series on honor. I have been. This is message number 7. And the purpose of this series is to remind you so that you don't become familiar with the things of God. Revelations chapter 2, the seven churches and the angel came to the church and said, I know your deeds, I know your acts, I know all these things, but you have. We can become so busy, so familiar, even with God. And then we begin to question and ask, why isn't God showing up here? Why isn't God doing this here? Why isn't God's power here? It's got nothing to do with God. It's got everything to do with us, our posture, our receipt of Him, our recognition for Him, our value for Him. He doesn't hold such a high place in my life as He did at the beginning. And so the purpose of this honor series is to remind us in a gracious way Whenever God comes with his word, it's to reveal, it's to release, and it's to refresh. Never to condemn. God never does that. And so we can become familiar too. And like Jesus coming to his hometown, he wanted to do things, but he couldn't because they weren't recognizing him, and so they couldn't receive him. So I pray that this message this morning will be such a great reminder to you about a powerful principle and practice. Joshua chapter 1 also says, always remember what is written in the book of the teachings. Study it, say study. Day and night. Wow. 
to be sure to obey everything that is written there. And if you do this, what? Study his word. You'll become wise and successful in everything. Remember that I commanded you to be strong and brave. Don't be afraid because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You see, the blessing followed the action. And this series that I'm teaching on is not just to be heard, it's to be received and applied into your life as we act on it. Now we come back to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to be reminded of a powerful principle. In the beginning, say in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning that day. And then God said, and God saw and God called. All through the Genesis account, seven to eight times, and God said, God saw, and God called. God said, God saw, and God called. Isn't it interesting that the very first thing God does when he's displaying his character and nature, he creates light. I am the light of the world, John 8. His word is a lamp unto my feet. Whenever God shows up, he always brings light. He brings clarity. He brings this sharpness. And the very first thing he wanted to do and to release into creation with the heavens and the earth, he said, I want to show you part of my nature and part of me is I am light. And he releases light. The very second thing we see about the nature and character of God is the way he operates. He said, let there be. And God said. And so we start to see the ways of God. We start to see that the way he creates things is through the power of his words. He loves to speak. That's how God operates. It's his ways. What God desired to see, he chose to speak it into being. And over the next two chapters, we see God at least eight occasions record, God said, God said. God is once again revealing a powerful divine kingdom truth about how he works. He creates things through his words. But why is this important to you and me this morning? Well, chapter 126 says this. Then God said, let us make man... In our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. During the unfolding of creation, we discover the Trinity. Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
We discover his nature again. He is community. We discover his nature. He wants fellowship. We discover he wants to create now humanity. And he says, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness. And so he does that, creating us. And let them have dominion. And what I find interesting is this. <clears throat> they create Adam. And as they begin to create Adam and he's formed, during this moment, I don't know how many days unfolded, but God said it's not good. He, he, he needs some fellowship. And so he creates animals for him. And we pick this up and we pick up where he's creating animals because he said, this man needs someone or something to fellowship. But what blows my mind is this. The moment he creates the animals, the next thing God does, and this blew me when he showed me, the first thing he did with this created being was, I want to teach him some other things that he doesn't know he has the power to do. And with Adam, he gets Adam created. He has all the animals. God could have just brought that and said, here, go and have some fun, right on the back of a tiger or a donkey. But what God does, and I love his heart, he calls Adam and he says, and I can see the Trinity saying, listen, how about we get the animals together, bring them before Adam and show and release something in him he doesn't know he has. It's called the created power to speak. And he calls Adam over. He said, by the way, wow. Oh, Adam, hold on, like a loving father with a little kid. I want to teach you something. What? Go ahead and open your mouth and name them. What? C can I do that? Yeah. You have the power here. And whatever you name them, whatever you speak to, whatever you say, it will be. Wow. The first thing Adam discovers, he has a voice that can create and name. And so they bring and we see this and make image. And the fish in the sea and the creep in the earth. And then we go over. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Not what God would call them, what he would call them. Adam, this is your moment. This is your moment to discover you were created like us in our likeness and our fashion and our shaping. And now I want to show you, you can name something. Wow. And whatever, say whatever, the man called the same Hebrew word. That was its name. And the man gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the sky, and to every field. I began to have fun with this. It was like bringing the first animal. It's a, it's a llama. And the llama comes looking around with a big head like that. He goes, Adam, go on, name it. A la, a la, la, mama. A llama, that's it, that's it. It's a llama. And I can see him stumbling over words. The donkey. And then he had fun. Hippopotamus. <laughs> Snuffleupagus. 
He had fun. But he discovered a very important thing. That what comes out of my mouth, it becomes. So I'd better be careful. This is not something to be played with. This is not something to be... It's a powerful kingdom thing that God has shown me right at the beginning of creation. Wow. And whatever the man called. Which a little side note, I'm not going to meander down this track. But when Eve ate the fruit and gave it to Adam and that whole discussion with the snake that he called, the whole moment with God and Adam was not about why did you eat it was why did you not speak why did you not say something I gave you the power I gave you the power of your words to stop that I gave you the power of the words to cease that why did you not speak why did you not speak up and you go through that whole storyline but that's another message don't be silent my title today, there's many titles, but I really felt this. This is, I, I pray that you get this message. Listen again on podcast. Go over it because between now and the next 12 months, it'll be crucial. Say after me, don't settle. Wrestle. The power of our words. Tell the person beside you, don't settle. Wrestle. Wrestle. We discover in these opening passages of Scripture that God's ways when it comes to creating things. Now, the next passage that we see is where God comes along and he begins to communicate with man. And we see him unfolding this practice and powerful principle. And we also discover, too, that when God comes to create things, he doesn't need anything to create it. He doesn't need wood to make a table. He doesn't need steel to make some framework. He takes nothing and makes something. This is the power. Abraham discovered this, the father of faith. And we pick this up in Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Abraham said, I saw the way he moved. He spoke those things that were not as they they were, and they became. This is the power, the nature of our God. We now fast forward and we've got a storyline with a guy called Abe. Say Abe. Abe comes on the scene. Genesis chapter 12, Abraham. Every Bible college student would have done 14 essays on this one. Abraham. The story of Abraham. God comes on the scene and he calls Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, 1 to 3. Abraham, leave your country, your family, <clears throat> and your relatives and go to a land I will show you. I will bless you and make your descendants into a great nation and you will become famous and be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. I'll put out a curse on those who put a curse on you. Everyone on earth will be blessed because of you. So off he sits. Lot, his nephew, said, I'm going to... I'm in on this lot, so Lot went there, lost one, the lot, lost the lot. Leaving was such an excitement because Sarah was barren and couldn't have children. And 11 verse 29, we see this, Abraham married Sarai and she was not able to have children. And so here we go and Abe gets this message. He settled in a place called Haran, he's with his father. 
And God comes along and picks him out and says, I want you now to go to a place, the land of Canaan. I will show you. And I'm going to give you children. And there you're going to be such a blessing. There's going to be this incredible blessing of nation and all of these things. He's so excited. He's got the word from God. He steps out. And when he steps out, he goes straight into a headwind of fire. The very first thing he's tested with is his integrity. It says he left, left the land. And the next passage of Scripture says there was a severe famine in the land. And then he's got tested with his wife. A king had eyes for her, wanted her, sent an emissary and said, is she, is she your wife? And he said, oh, no, 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 no. No, she's um, a half-truth. She's my sister. So they took her right in. Then the divine moment came and the king got encountered, came back and really stuck, got stuck into Abraham. How could you do this? So Abraham leaves out. God spoke to him, speaks to him, calls him and says, I want you and your wife to head off to the promised land. Leave your family, off you go. And he goes. Such an excitement in his spirit. But he heads into a battle. There's fights between his family servants and Lot's servants. They fought a battle with five kings, tested and tried over the years with a wife constantly taunting him. Where is your God? Where is this God who said I'd carry a child? Where is your God? And so for year after year, 75 years old, he leaves. And 12 years later, 12 long years later, he's out there. He's been fighting. He's been taunted. He's been tested. And he's starting to become like many do in the walk of faith. Become fatigued. Become weary. Even doubting. I wonder... If I really heard from God all those years ago, have you ever found yourself doing similar battles over the years? God spoke to you many years ago about a promise, a, a promise for your children, a promise for your grandchildren, a promise for your spouse, a, a promise for your ministry, a promise for your health, a promise over your finances. Has God ever spoke to you a promise. And today you find yourself like Abraham and Sarai. All you've found is years of battle mixed with seasons of blessing, some breakthroughs, but some breakdowns, some faith, but some fear, some fatigue and frustration. And now you find yourself like Abe's father, where it records in Genesis 11, the same man who was given the same invitation to come to the same place, Canaan, but settled in Haran. This is where we find poor old Abe, 12 years in. Where is he? He was walking out like a shepherd, a prophet, walking with the animals, 
I can see him walking in those early days singing about his God and as the servants would come up and they're excited, he says, yes, I know, I, I know you heard about the promise. We're going to be a nation. And he's got about 40 people with him. He says, we're going to have this incredible promise. And in the evening, the stars, I can see Abe walking out there and the servants would come again and bring him a refreshing drink. And he says, look at all of this. And his mind is saturated and filled with faith. But 12 long years later, God appears for the second time. Later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision. Abraham, don't be afraid. I'll protect you and reward you greatly. But Abraham answered, Lord, all-powerful, you have given me everything I could ask for. Except, man, why did he have to put that in? Why, why, did he, why did he have to put in? Except, have you ever lived with an except? How are you going? Not too bad. Life's going good, except, how's your family? They're going good and, oh yeah, I couldn't ask for better things, but uh, there's one thing and, except. And Abe says, I I'm doing okay, God. You you you've blessed me. There's no, there's no, we're not going to have a debate about that. You've blessed me beyond measure, except he has to raise this. Except for children. And when I die, Eliezer of Damascus is going to get everything I own. And why? Because you, not my wife, not me, you, 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 you haven't given me what you promised me. And so I've gone out, God, and I've made other plans. I saw an estate planner, Pastor Mark recommended. I've gone and seen them. I've drawn up my will, my last testament. And Eliezer, I've already done it, God. It's a done deal. He's going to pick up all my estate after I die. The very first words to Abraham were this, don't be afraid. We can make some, oh, I feel the anointing. We can make some dangerous decisions when we're afraid. We can make some dangerous decisions when we're afraid. Fear. Fear can move us as much as faith. It can shift us as much as faith. And he says, don't be afraid, number one. And this is a prophetic word for many of you today. Don't be afraid. I will, say will, protect you. Tell the person beside you, God will protect you. And reward you greatly. God will protect you 
He will reward you. And that is your word out of that passage there. And God is coming and he's saying, what in the world is going on, Abe? What are you doing? You're down here, you're scared. You're left with faith. I gave you a word. I had a meeting with you. And all of a sudden, these promises about your children. And Abe comes back and says, it's all good, Lord. We're good. You've given me everything except, except. And I've made a plan. You see, Lord, I've learned to compromise. I've learned to not become too mixed up with it all and I can have you and have this and whatever. But he said, Lord, he sits down. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of doing battle. I'm tired of listening to the taunts from my wife. I'm, I'm tired of walking day by faith in faith. I'm tired of when the servants come up every day and go, is Sarah pregnant? I'm tired after three years. That was not too bad. It was exciting. But year five, it became a bit frustrating. Year seven, I wanted to punch them all in the nose and just with a sign on my neck saying, rack off, I'll tell you when she's pregnant. It became frustrating. And he said, I've been carrying it for 12 years. He said, I'm just flipping tired. I'm tired. Can you get it? The Lord says, I know. I know. And that's why you're trying to take things into your own hand and try to make and shape a plan. I, I understand. And it's not evil. And then the Lord comes back, and I love this. He says, no. Eliezer of Damascus will not inherit all you own. You will have a son of your own, and everything you have will be his. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said, Now look at the sky and see if you can count the stars. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham believed the Lord, and so the Lord was pleased with him and accepted him. This is where we find him. This shepherd who was walking by day and out there by the evenings, we find him now in this little tent and he's locked away and this is where God found him. Do you know when you get fatigued, frustrated and down sometimes, you just want to isolate and separate. I just want to shut myself in a tent and with a sign out the front, do not disturb, I'll tell you the year when you can come. That's where I was and God found him in the tent, walked into the tent, had a session with him in the tent and said, listen, for you to get up and move to where that place is to settle and for you to go to that place of your promise, you're going to have to break out of that posture, break out of that pattern, get out of that tent and come out and walk again and look again. Look again. So God's reminding you He's reminding me, fear not. I'll protect you. I'll reward you. And so Abe heads off again. After this encounter, so excited for the things of God. His faith is full, Genesis chapter 15. And it's only chapter 16. Along comes his wife. 16, 1 to 2. Abraham's wife, Sarah. 
this is two years in after the 12, had not been able to have children. I can imagine Abe sitting down that night saying, it's all good. He's going to reward us. I've had a fresh encounter with God. I went to that retreat that Pastor Mark told me about three days. We went there, soaked there, touched me. I tell you what, all the promises are back, baby. They're all mine, yes, and amen. I've wrote three songs, got the T-shirt and got the cap. I'm back on track, baby. Well, one year later, one conversation later, one hesitation later, and it's off track. Three things we're going to tell you at the end. You must be careful, 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 careful to carry in your life. Three things. You must carry the right declaration. You must handle the right conversations. And you must go into a time of revelation. The woman came up and she just had a simple conversation. Do you know you can be distracted and detached over a simple conversation by someone from a place of fatigue, not faith. She shared a conversation from fatigue and frustration and landed on a man of faith. And one conversation that was not protected and corrected took him to another place of separation. Be careful of who you allow to come in your space and tell you about your future and tell you about your destiny. It's critical. Critical. So, hey, Sarah says, listen. The Lord, your God, has not given me any children. So come in. I can see the parade. I'm embellishing a bit here. Here's a woman, Hagar. She's younger than me sleep with her I don't know whether Abe needed any more encouragement or he was just fearful that Sarah might hit him but he slept with her we see now Ishmael come along what she was saying and you can get into places of frustration where you go God I have waited I have waited this is a prophetic word I have waited for God to move so I will make his move for him I will create something. Abe gives in, Ishmael's born, and today we're still fighting nations against nations, Israel and Palestine. When Abraham was 99 years old, this is 75, 24 years later, the third appearance, keyboard player come. The third appearance. And he says, I am the Lord God all-powerful. If you obey me once again and always do right, I will keep my solemn promise to you and give you more descendants than can be counted. Abram bowed and his face to the ground and God said, I promise you that you will be the father, I won't even go on here, of many nations, plural. If you trust God, if you trust God, it will always be bigger and better at the end. It started off in Genesis 12, you'll be the father of a nation, singular, and now he comes in Genesis 17, nations and kings, plural. The grace of God. Oh, I missed it back there. Don't fear you missed it. God always comes again. Oh, I missed it. God will come again. It's the grace of God. He says, I'm the God who keeps his promises. I promise you, you will be the father of nations. And even some of them will be kings. Abe, I keep my promise. I keep my promise. And I read it here. I am the God, if you would do that, 
and descendants will come from you. And he says, so, say so. So Abe, this time, don't, don't, don't lose me here. I spoke to you in Genesis 12. All you needed from me was one short three-verse conversation. I came in Genesis 15. I had to double it up and give you seven verses and nearly half a chapter. But you still missed it. You're still back in the same place. Abe, come on. Come on, man, I want what's for you. And he says, listen, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be the father of nations. Kings are going to get, but we're going to change things up. Let's let's change something. Let's change something. I've given you the word and I want you, but we're going to change something. I really do need you to play with me on this, Abe. Will you you play with me? Yes, God, yes. Okay, I want you to do something from this point on. If we're going to see what I desire for you, you're going to have to interact with me. Yes, I'm cool on that, God. Okay, it's a simple thing, yet it's a powerful thing. You got that, Abe? It's a simple thing, yet it's a powerful thing. Abraham, yes. You ready? Yeah. From right now, yeah. I'm going to change your name to Abraham. Is that it? That's it. Abram. His name meant exalted father Abraham father of multitudes he says come on man your father dropped the ball I don't want you to drop the ball he settled at Haran Haran means to be a place of hot burned charred a place of parched place he ended up in a dry place and he settled in his dry place. Life had worn him down, but I don't want that to happen to you. So I'm going to change your name. It's a simple principle, yet powerful. And Abe, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the same with your, your wife, Sarah. Sarah, princess to Sarah means my princess. It's a slight change, but the emphasis is in the verse. And she will become the mother of nations. And he says, so son, what we're going to do is something I taught the first man of all creation. I'm going to show you and reveal to you that you can name something and see it. Do you want to play this game with me, Abraham? I will. Well, let's do it. And when you call Sarai, I want you to call Sarah. Abe, what I'm trying to teach you, son, is it's got everything to do with your words. And so he does. Abraham, from now on, your wife's name will be Sarah. I will bless her and you will have a son by her. She will become the mother of nations. And some of her descendants will even be kings God's plan listen to this 
God's plan for Abraham and Sarah to break free from the cycle of discouragement, despondency, doubt, fatigue, fear, frustration, into a new season of laughter, joy, and blessing started and stops with their change in their speech. How they spoke to each other, how they called each other. Abraham, if you make the small change, it will have a huge outcome. I want you to do this. I want you to change the way. Well, we see one year go past. It's 24, 25, and there's a space of time. We now picture Abraham, not no longer seated in the tent. He's outside, seated beside the door. I love this picture. Scripture, I love his words so much. He's by the door, waiting like an expectant future father for the news to come. And he's there. And God comes and sees him again. I said, Lord, why did you come with this time? He said, Mark, because I wanted to test them to see if they would hold firm to the conversations, the conduct, and the, and, and the speaking of their word. So after they held their name and said, Abraham, yes, Sarah, mighty princess, father of nations. No longer in scriptures recorded, their conversations were polluted. No longer in this scripture do we find that they were in any other frame place, but he's now seated beside tent. And this is where we land the message today. Abraham bowed down his face to the ground and thought, this is when the, uh, where are we? Come back here. These men come. I thought I must have that scripture here. Anyway, yeah. Abraham bowed down with his face to the ground, thought I'm almost 100. This is these three men that came and he called one Lord. You remember that. How can I become a father? And Sarah is 90. How can she have a child? Because these, you know, they came along and he started laughing. And Abraham said to God, yes, may Ishmael inherit and enjoy this special blessing. But God said, that's not what I mean. Your wife, Sarah, will have a baby, a son. Name him Isaac. Laughter, I'll establish my covenant with him and his descendants. That's the previous encounter. Sorry about that. I'm getting ahead of myself. So now we go, chapter 18. He's sitting outside his tent. This is where I want to land. And three men come along and it says here, Master, if it pleases you, this is Abraham speaking to one of the guys of the three, significant. Stop for a while. I'll get you some water. You can wash your feet, rest under this tree. I'll get some food to refresh you and you can be on your way. When he goes to get that, he comes back. And while they were eating, he stood near them under the tree, ready to serve them. Oh, that's a message in itself. Whoa, what are you doing while waiting on your own promise? Stay in a posture of serving. Oh, Don't you love his word? Hidden, hidden truths in simple little statements. Wow. Joseph served. While they were eating, he stood near, near they asked, Where you? they said, where's your wife, Sarah? She is right there. Abraham answered one of the guests who was the Lord and he said, have you heard this verse before? In another passage? I'll come back about what? 
this time next year. And when I do, Sarah will already have a son. We read on and see that Sarah was inside the tent and overheard the bold statement from these men. And she heard and she said, laughing inside of herself, how could a worn out old woman like me have a baby? I won't ask women if you've ever said that. And when my master, my husband is also so very old. The Lord asked Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Does she doubt that she can give birth and experience the pleasure of experiencing a promise I gave all those years ago. I am the Lord. There is nothing too difficult for me. And I'll come back next year at the time I promised. And Sarah will already have a son. This morning I know that there are many people that have been doing battle for years. You've been holding on. You've been trusting God and in some seasons you're strong. But now through the battles and fear, frustration, even anger at times, fatigue, growing faint, You've held the cry and said, God, what's going on? That promise you gave me, I believed you back. Then I tried to fight the good fight of faith, but I'm tired and I've laid down and settled. This is my part in life. I've even, I've even made other plans to accommodate and fill in that space. Okay, my kids are not going on for God, but I've made other plans. I know that financial thing didn't come to pass, but I've made other plans. And I know my... You fill in the gaps. And I've accepted it. But God hasn't. God hasn't. And I'm here today. This message, which was completely sideswiped on uh, Friday, just bang. He said, I want you to share this with the people today. I want you to remind them. He wanted me to remind you of his character. He is a faithful God. He is a loving God. His promises are for you and your family. They haven't changed. But there is something he is asking of you and I today. And he says this, for those promises I've spoken all over your life and those about your children and things like that, I want you to start wrestling for them and not settling. I want you to start doing what Pastor Mark's about to invite you to do. By that I mean through the words you've been speaking over your situation. You must change your speech. You must change the way you talk about other people, your spouse, your children, your workplace, your health, your loss of ministry opportunities about God, about His church. The first thing He wanted me to do is challenge all of us about our words. And I wrote out here a prayer of repentance. I'm big into repentance. David, look through all the Psalms. And so what I'd like to, you to do is just for a few moments now, would you join with me and uh, just come with this prayer of repentance, just where you are. And just like a marriage, I'll say the words that you say it, okay? Lord Jesus, I come before you today. Lord, you know the condition of my heart. 
because your word says that out of the abundance of the heart my mouth speaks I am so sorry Lord for releasing words of doubt discouragement and fear and frustration in an unhealthy manner especially concerning past promises that have not yet been realized I know Lord that it is okay to share such words but in your presence in prayer forgive me Lord for speaking ill of others I am so sorry please break the power of these words from people's lives and cleanse my heart and mind help me to change the words I speak from this moment on help me to stand strong each day knowing that your promises for my family my life my work my health are yes and amen today I change my posture from settling to wrestling and this new fight being a fight of faith is with my words knowing that life and death are in the power of the tongue so today I choose life for my family my children my grandchildren my spouse my past promises my health and my finances and Lord please forgive me for doubt you and your love for me concerning your promises I'm so sorry Lord thank you for forgiving me cleansing me and helping me amen amen let's put our hands together just begin to thank him praise him praise him praise him as I land right now a couple of things I want to share with you so how do I fight this fight from today Pastor Mark number one watch your words the second one write this down it's going to work through declarations conversations and visitation declaration conversation visitation I've got 31 daily declarations out the front counter for you I'm going to read one out right now and this declaration came from Genesis where the angel of the Lord came and said listen he said these words I'll come back and about this time next year this time next year what was the angel of the Lord doing he was declaring what was about to happen and I want you to start declaring every day you've got 31 declarations here's one here I declare I will experience God's faithfulness I will not worry I will not doubt I will not be anxious about my future my children my grandchildren spouse health etc I will keep my trust in him knowing that he will not fail me I will give birth to every promise God put in my heart and I will become everything God created me to be this is my declaration I want you to do that every day three times first time in the morning lunchtime and evening and I want you to start declaring and speaking to your future the second thing is they're available at the counter you can get a copy of them watch tell the person beside you watch your conversation watch your conversation this is your conversation between each other 
May your conversation be filled with faith, not fear. May it will always build, not break down. If someone's around you and having unhealthy conversations, break off that relationship. Move away. They're not only tampering with your future, they're tampering with your kids' future and their grandkids' future. This is too important to muck up. You've got to have and hang around healthy conversations where people remind you of God's promise, not relate to you of your current problems. Can I hear an amen? That's what we want. What people who remind you, no, hang in there. God's got the best for you. Oh, but my kids, you don't know where they are. I know, but God does. And He's got His high on them. He's gonna fight for them. Oh, but you don't know where my business is going. I know, but God does. God does. We fight with a declaration. We fight with a conversation. And then we fight with a visitation. What's that, Pastor Mark? Genesis 15, 5. Remember I read it? Then the Lord came and took, say took, Abraham outside his tent and showed him. Hang on, that's got a familiar ring to it. Ezekiel 37. And the Lord took hold of me and the Lord carried me away. He showed me. He led me. He asked me. And he said what? After he led me, showed me, he said what? Do you see this valley of dry, parched bones? Yes. Do you want to have some fun? I mean, if you're in, I'm going to show you something, Ezekiel. I taught to the first man ever created, and I taught it to Abraham. Do you want to have some fun? Yeah. Do you want to see these bones get up and dance and boogie? Yeah. Speak to it. Speak to it. His method and his mandate has never changed. Do you want to see some dry things in your life come alive? Speak to it. So from today, I'm going to live a life daily of declaration. I'm going to be so careful about my conversations. And I'm going to position myself in prayer to go on a visitation. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Holy Spirit, I thank you for today. Thank you for gracing me, Lord, doing the best I could with what you did. <laughs> Sounded so much better when you preached it to me, Lord. But I honor you. Next Sunday, don't miss next Sunday. God said, I want you to follow up next week with God honors the power of a blessing. And I'm going to be taking you on a journey of when God and how God blesses, blesses his children. If you've got photos of your children, your grandchildren, I want you to bring them next Sunday. And we're going to have a blessing box. And I'm, I'm believing that through this time of blessing, we're going to bless our children. I'm going to teach you how to bless your children daily and release a blessing. I sense God's up to something with this church. I don't know what I can sense He's taking us. He's awakening us to honor Him. And things are going to start to suddenly move. Amen.
So don't miss next Sunday. Get your kids along if you can get your kids along too. So Father, we thank you for today. We just thank you for your word. May the seed not be lost, but be planted in good soil. I honor you, Lord, for releasing that word and entrusting it to me. I speak right now a blessing over everyone in this church. I speak a blessing over their families. I speak a blessing over their children. I speak a blessing over their grandchildren. I speak right now and declare, oh, awaken, 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 awaken. I declare promises to be revived. I declare promises to be revived right now. Where there's been a spoken word over your life, I declare and decree right now that there is the awakening happening. I declare and decree right now that eyes are seeing afresh. I declare where hope was lost, but hope has come back. I declare and decree right now where fear has entered in. Faith has now come back. I declare and decree that there is life in the bones right now. I declare and decree. Let's stand, church. I declare and decree that right now, God, you are shifting. You are stirring. You are establishing. You are causing an army to arise. You are causing a voice to come back into the passageway of our mouth. I declare and decree that there shall be the sound of voice. There shall be the sound of praise. There shall be the sound of an amen. Lift your voice. Begin to declare. Begin to decree that our God is awakening His church. He's awakening His army. He's awakening the promises of God. And God says, I will. God says, I will. God says, I will. Oh, oh, go lift your voices. Lift your voices across here. Begin to prophesy over your children. Begin to prophesy over your grandchildren. Begin to prophesy over your promises. Begin to speak. Oh, Lord, I declare. Lord, I declare. It's your word. We pour out our prayer. media team edit this message up it'll be available first thing Tuesday put it in your car listen to it when you drive to work send it to some people loved ones that you know tell them to listen because I'm sharing this word prophetically with you with such a conviction God is wanting you to awaken the recognition and bring value back to your words the gospel records that there's a passage of scripture that says you'll be held accountable for every idle word. The word idle in the Greek means not to be given an assigned purpose, meaning every word has an assigned. It's waiting to run with something. It's waiting for run, to run and achieve something. That's why he said you'll be held accountable like an accountant. There'll be a profit and loss. Were you in profit today with your purchases or were you in loss? Lord, Oh, I have got scriptures flooding through me. I could preach another hour. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. The whole mess 
and message of Job. He knew where it was, and he gets to Job chapter 42. And he says, I know where it all He's part of the problem. And he makes his prayer. So I have put a guard where? I know. I know where I slipped up and tripped up. So I put a guard there. No more. No more. Say, say look at the person and say, no more. No more. <laughs> no more. No more. Not from today. No more. I'm going to hold forth my declarations. I'm going to make sure I'm hanging around healthy conversations. And I'm going to position myself for visitations. I'm going to let God take me to places and show me things. And when He shows me, that's what I'm going to speak. Oh, shit, yeah, but let's go to the second service and let's have fun again. Oh. Oh. You receive that? Receive it. Don't settle. Don't compromise. Fight for your children. Fight for their future. Fight for their inheritance. Fight for your family. Fight for your family. Fight for your ministry. God's given it. God, that's enough. I've got to get out of here. God bless you. Smile upon you. May you go and the Lord glorify you. Amen.